Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we got to start with the big report yesterday from the National Association of Realtors existing home sales. A lot of data to break down. We're going to do the best job that we can. So here's the good news. Two months of positive growth, and this month actually beat expectations with a month-over-month increase of 2% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.99 million existing home sales. Now, year-over-year, sales were up 1.5%. Now, that might not sound that impressive, but let's not forget that at, as the months go on, year-over-year comparisons, if we're seeing anything in the green, that's pretty impressive. Because last year, things were just really starting to take off and the housing market was firing on all cylinders. So anything in the green, impressive. No, no and if or buts about that when you're looking at year-over-year comparisons. Now, inventory... Not bad, moving in the right direction, but that's one of the year-over-year comparisons that's not so great. So it ended the month in July up 7.3% from June, but was still down 12% from a year ago. Unsold inventory sits at a 2.6 month supply, which is up slightly from June. It was at 2.5, but is down from July when it was at 3.1 months. But here's the other good news. The median existing home price continues its climb upward up 17.8% when compared to one year ago. The median price, $359,900. And obviously there's a big swing depending on what region of the country you are talking about. And actually the region that had the best month, I know I'm biased on this, but I crunched the, the data, was the South. The South had the best month in all three major categories. So looking at existing home sales, they were up 1.2% month over month and up 1.2% from the same time a year ago. And the median price jumped 14.4% to $305,200. So the South, not doing too bad. Now the West... Sales were up 3.3%, even though they were level from the same time a year ago. And the median price was up 12.5% to now, you ready for this? $508,300. That's the median sales price in the West. Just insanity. Uh, In the Northeast, sales were flat from the month before, but... Year over year up 12.1% and year over year price, median home price up 23.6% to $411,200. Because remember, a year ago, we all thought, what, like New York City wasn't going to survive coronavirus? There's not a lot of people who wanted to move to the Northeast last year. So their year over year data is pretty, pretty different. I will say. And then the Midwest, they had the best month-over-month data up 3.8%, but were the only region that was down from the same time a year ago, down 1.4%. And looking at year-over-year price appreciation, up 13.1% to $275,300 for the median price in the Midwest. Not too shabby. Now, Lawrence Young, chief economist at the National Association of Realtors, said as inventory levels increase, which we're seeing, 
we could see a leveling off of prices. But right now, we're looking at high prices to buy and high prices to rent, unfortunately. Saying, quote, although we shouldn't expect to see home prices drop in the coming months, there is a chance they will level off as inventory continues to gradually improve. In the meantime, some prospective buyers who are priced out of the raising there are raising demand for rental homes and thereby pushing up the rental rate. So yeah, I mean, right now, if you are not like in a stable environment, this is the worst time to be looking because rents are skyrocketing and home prices have been skyrocketing. And we haven't really seen that slowdown that will happen as Yun points out, but, but it's not there yet. So right now is probably the worst time to be looking to buy and or rent because both you're looking at sky high prices, unfortunately. That's the reality of the situation. Now, one thing that I didn't get into with this data, but I saw some other people reporting on this, is that most of these gains were among high-end homes. So like $500,000 and up, which by the way, isn't that high-end in the, in, in the West because that's the median price. But most places, yeah, you're going into a different level when you get above 500,000. Now you're not looking at starter homes anymore, but that's where all the gains were. I mean, you saw huge gains in the million plus and the 700 to a million and the 500 to about 750,000, somewhere around there. Those were all up double digits. Everything under that was down and in some cases even double digits. And why? Because home prices are up so much. There are no starter homes between like $100,000 and $200,000. I mean, good luck finding a house under $250,000. I mean, I'm talking about in places like Wilmington where I broadcast out of. So I can't imagine trying to find a quote unquote starter home in you know, DC or any of these bigger cities, even though they haven't seen the crazy growth, it's still just, I mean, like I said, the West, the median price of a home is $508,000. Where are you finding a $250,000 home? It's just not happening. So a lot of good data did beat expectations. Always good to see, but now is probably the worst time. If you're in a situation where you need to buy or rent a new property. Now, this is the one bad report for the day. And I I guess it's kind of bad. There's, there's some silver lining in all of this, but the rise of the Delta variant and the impact that it's having on consumer spending and supply chains will hinder economic activity in the second half of 2021 more than previously thought that according to Fannie Mae's August 2021 commentary the economic and strategic research group now expects that GDP in 2021 will drop from 7% to 6.3% on a fourth quarter over fourth quarter basis Now, the ESR group also downgraded their forecast for single-family housing projects, or I should say single-family home sales projected, there you go, not not projects, from 6.71 million to 6.66 million. Could they have not changed that? I mean, really, I I just saw the 666 number and said, it would really have been that horrible if you just would have said 6.65 or 6.67. I mean, you're probably going to adjust it anyway, but uh, six point, it's like having the 13th floor in a hotel. Why, why are you keeping that 6.66 million? That looks evil. It looks bad. Now this is still an increase. Even if they do reach their evil number of 6.66 million, you're still looking at 3.1% increase 
compared to 2020. Now, the group wasn't alone in their downgrade. Bank of America also predicts that annual growth will slip to 5.9%, and Goldman Sachs lowered their estimates for the third quarter from 9% to 5.5%. Mark Pallum, Fannie Mae Vice President and Deputy Chief Economist, said COVID was impacting the economy but obviously nothing close to what we saw last year, saying, quote, while the recent surge of COVID-19 cases appears to be affecting consumer behavior, the economic response so far has been modest compared to last year's outbreak, and its impact on our latest forecast is similarly slight, albeit to the downside. But there is a silver lining. As I said, there's somewhat of a silver lining. So they're not projecting that things are going to turn and then stay that way. In fact, all they're now projecting is that the recovery is going to be extended. So that's kind of the good news. It's not like, oh, well, we didn't get the growth we wanted. Then things are still going to level off and then they're going to turn backwards. No, in fact, what the uh, Economic and Strategic Research Group said is they upgraded their growth forecast for 2022 to now 3.2% from 2.8%. Goldman Sachs also raised their forecast for the three quarters of 2022 as well, for the first three quarters. So what they're saying is, is that what's, you know, the recovery is still going to happen. It's just going to be extended. So that's kind of the silver line. If you're looking for a silver lining, there's your silver lining. And that, of course, is all based on the idea that we're not going to see some new variant that's going to cause lockdowns or anything else to happen. Uh, Before we run out of time this week, 25th week in a row, we have seen this. Man, this has got to be a record. Uh, Loans and forbearance fell for the 25th straight week. That, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association weekly survey, total loans and forbearance fell by one basis point. It counts. (laughs) It might be a rounding error, but it counts. It fell officially one basis point to 3.25% for the week ending August 15th, 2021. That means, according to NBA estimates, 1.6 million homeowners are in forbearance plans. You break that down by stage. 10% are in the initial stage. 82% are in an extension. And 7.7% are reentries. Now, Mike Frantantoni, the Mortgage Bankers Association senior vice president and chief economist, did point out that the pace of exits did slow significantly. Obviously, one basis point is pretty slow. Saying, quote, the share of loans in forbearance was little changed as both new requests and exits were at a slower pace compared to the prior week. In fact, exits were at their slowest pace in over a year, but still moving in the right direction. That's all that matters. Still moving in the right direction. All right, you guys enjoy your Tuesday. I will be back here on Wednesday morning for another great edition of Markets and Mortgages. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. 